0: as I was preparing and getting ready, you know, usually I have a scripture to start off, and then you, you kind of get into a routine of how you do things, and I'm sitting even at my seat this morning going, well, I don't have a scripture right from the get-go. Um, there is scripture, don't don't get me wrong, but, and I thought, well, you know, God, sometimes you you move us or speak to us in different ways, so there's kind of three sort of words or key phrases this morning that um I hope we'll all blend together and um, make something um, this morning. And the first one is kind of control, or or loss of control, that will open hands up and and say yes. Two, the words that came to me was seek. And and three, makes things new. So a few weeks back, I was in the kitchen and I was sort of getting some Christmas baking ready and the Christmas season was upon us. And um, as I was in the kitchen, um, I, I'll admit, I was missing Kelsey a little bit. And so so there she is. She's over there. You know, the boys, Kelsey was away at school. The boys are still home next year this time, or that time. It'll probably be Kelsey and Andrew I'll be missing. But, um, you know, I was missing Kelsey. And so I got out my phone, and I, I don't typically... Um, have music playing when I'm in the kitchen or anything like that. I just kind of am out there in the quietness. Um, My family usually knows that mom doesn't want us out there under her feet, so they leave me alone. The dog hasn't learned that lesson yet, so (laughs) um, it's a constant telling the dog to go, go lay down. Um, Anyway, I turned my phone on and I went to YouTube and I went to find a song that I knew Kelsey liked as well as one that she sang. And as I was listening to that song, it immediately rolled into another song. And so as I was listening to the song, I, I listened, and then I listened again. Because the words struck me. And these are the words to this particular song that played after Kelsey's favorite. It says, Here I am, all my intentions, all my obsessions, I want to lay them all down. In your hands, only your love is vital. Though I'm not not entitled, still you call me your child. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me, somehow that frees me. To take my life, my, sorry, to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. God, you don't need me, but you somehow you still want me. Oh, how you love me, somehow that frees me. To open my hands up, and give you control. I give you control. I've had plans, shattered and broken. Things I have hoped in fall through my hands. You have plans to redeem and restore me. You're behind and before me. Oh, help me believe. And then it goes back into, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me, somehow that frees me. To take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. To open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. Oh, you want me. Somehow you want me. The king of heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me. So as I heard that song and the Christmas season was coming, my mind kind of went to the characters of, the Christmas story and those that we read about, particularly Mary and Joseph. You see, Mary and Joseph had plans. They were engaged to be married, they were going to make a life together. They were going to get married, possibly stay in Nazareth, build a home. They had plans. Their plans did not include a pregnancy before marriage. We see that as the story unfolds and Joseph finds out that Mary is going to have a baby and the baby's not his, he had plans to divorce her quietly. He had plans. Decisions that needed to be made, and Joseph had plans. But those plans changed when they decided to give God control and to release their their plans and their control into his hands. And we see that Joseph went through with the marriage, he and Mary continued on. And I'm sure at that point, the couple thought, OK, we've got that settled. We're good. So let's just move on. Let's build our home, settle in, make, our, make a life for ourselves here in Nazareth. But then we know, and we all know the Christmas story. If we wait just a few minutes, then we hear that, oh, a census has been called. Great. I can only imagine, in one sense, how I I might react and say, Really, God? Like, really? Here I am, just about to have a baby. You've already upset my life. People are talking, and now you want us to go and, you know, to Bethlehem. You've got to be kidding me. You know, I'm leaving my home, I'm leaving my family, and we're going to go to a place that's unknown. And I have to wonder if Mary and Joseph, maybe just a little bit, wondered about, is this what happens when you give God control? (laughs) He just turns everything upside down. But we see that they were obedient, and they went, and they arrive in Bethlehem, and of course they get to Bethlehem, and there's no room. They have the baby, shepherds come, you know, we all know the story, we've heard the story. And as they're in Bethlehem and we read later, we see that they've settled in Bethlehem. All of a sudden, life maybe has gotten just a little calm for them, and they've gotten into their routine, and wise men appear. You know, they come bearing great gifts. But their appearance also causes Herod to get into a little bit of a a stint. He he's wondering what do I do? There's obviously another king out there and I've got to do something. And so their life gets disrupted yet again with Herod seeking the child and going to kill the child. So they have to move to Egypt. But we see Mary and Joseph said yes to God. They responded in obedience without knowing what it would look like or what it would require. And I think as I heard that song, I thought of that. Because the song says, you know, somehow you don't need me, but you want me. And your love frees me. And it helps me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. To open my hands up and give you control. Mary and Joseph when they said yes. Said, God, we're giving you control. We're taking our hands off of our lives and we're saying yes. And we're in this and in it with you. Now the scripture that I initially want to look at is in Matthew, Matthew chapter two. And you know, and I, I can imagine some of you are thinking, you've got to be kidding. Christmas is over. Our tree is down. The decorations are put away. My gifts have all been placed. I've returned those that I didn't like. And it's all good. Christmas is over. So why are we going back here again? Well, I'll say my tree isn't down yet. It didn't come up real early, so it's probably not going to go down real early. But God seemed to, the word that came to mind was, was seek this week as I was, Sort of preparing and reading and, and so we see the wise men in this portion. Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12 is what we're going to look at. And um, I guess the wise men were on a journey and this morning I'm sharing a little bit of the journey that I've been on the last couple of weeks in the sense of some of the things that God has been showing to me. And so we have Matthew chapter 2, 1 to 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. seek, to seek. The wise men were seekers. They went searching. You know, the Christmas story, as I was looking, I thought, you know, the Christmas story is full of seekers. I have to believe that Mary sought after God and sought God's will. She was found highly favored. And so she had to have had a relationship with God the Father and had to have sought after him. Joseph was a righteous man, a just man. And again, he was a seeker We see the shepherds came. The angels sought a group of people to tell them about the good news that the king had been born and that you need to go and see the Messiah. And so they appeared to the shepherds. So the shepherds didn't just say, oh, that was great, seeing those angels were lovely. They went out. They went out to find the place where the baby was born. They sought. And here we have a group of magi who again went seeking they followed a star and as I was thinking about them following the star I wondered did they truly recognize the significance of the star that they were following when they began their journey did they know that did they look in the star and say okay this is the star that's going to tell us that the Messiah has been born and we need to follow it maybe they did Um, or did God reveal to them a little bit more and more and more as they continued to seek him as they continued seeking and following that star did god reveal to them just a little bit more you know this doesn't tell us a lot about who the magi were and where they came and what they were And there's speculation of course that you know they were men who studied the stars they were astrologers and they looked in the sky and they saw stars there's also some thought that that they would have had some jewish knowledge based on the Israelites when they were in captives in Babylon, they would have known some of the prophecies and they would have known some of the scriptures and that the coming of the Messiah. There's some thought that maybe they were kings from other lands and they were coming to recognize this king. It doesn't tell us in scripture exactly who they were and what they, they did. But I, as I was looking at this, I got thinking about how these men made some sacrifices to seek after this star. To follow this star, to seek for something, they made sacrifices. They left their homes, they left their families, potentially they left their jobs, at least for a time, to travel. And it wasn't a day's journey, from what we can gather, it was months. They followed the star for months. And to, to come to Bethlehem, to find the king of the Jews. And did they really know who they were seeking when they started following? We don't know that they knew exactly who they were seeking when they left, but we know that by the time they reached Herod, they knew who they were seeking. Because they say, we have come to worship the king of the Jews. So we want to know where where he is. It says, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. So they know by the time they reach Herod exactly who they've come to worship and who they've come to seek. And in their seeking, I believe, that their lives must have been changed along the journey. And not only along the journey, but once they encountered Christ, their lives had to have been changed. Because with Christ and the encounter they had with Christ, it was just the beginning. You see, Jesus coming meant there was something new. We have Mary and Joseph and the wise men and all those others who who gave up control and let God lead them and direct them. They sought after him. And with Christ's birth, there came something new. You see, Mary and Joseph began a new chapter. The shepherds began a new chapter. And the wise men began a new chapter after Christ's birth. So as I was thinking about that this week, all of a sudden I'm looking sort of at the timetable of our calendar. Calendars haven't really been popular with me this year. I've had a few mishaps with um, trying to get calendars ready for Christmas, but um, I looked at the calendar this week and I thought, wow, I've never really considered, now maybe you guys, you're probably a little smarter than me and have thought about this. Have you ever really considered and looked at, we celebrate Christmas, and then a week later, we're going into a new year? Think about it. Maybe you have already figured it out. Maybe when they did the calendars, they, they had that all figured out. They knew that Christ brought something new, and therefore we need a new year after we celebrate his birth and his coming. But for me, I got looking at it, and I thought, wow, God, you've given us the time to celebrate and reflect on your son's birth and the gift that you gave to us. And then we enter into a new year because something new You see, a new chapter of our story begins in a few days. We close the chapter to 2018, and we start a new chapter, 2019. A new chapter in our story and a new chapter, or maybe a new role that God will have for us in 2019. So as we move into 2019, And as we close the chapter of 2018, what new things will be in our story? Think about for a moment, what did you experience in 2018? What areas did you give God control? Are there still some areas that you need to give God control? What sacrifices were you required to make in this past year? What did God ask of you? And you said yes. And did we seek after God? Were we seekers? Did we want more? You see, the wise men were not content to just know that the star was in the sky, but they recognized more was required. They needed to seek with their whole heart, to go deeper, to go further. And as they sought God, God found them. You know, I have to think that the wise men were not the only ones who saw the star. There were thousands and hundreds and millions, potentially, of people who saw the star. And many of them looked in the sky and said, Oh, that's nice, look at that star. And yet we have this group who felt the need to step out and to follow the star and to seek after the star, regardless of the cost. Because they recognized that more was required. As we surrender control and allow God to be in charge and to seek him and focus on him, we need to do that daily. And in Deuteronomy 4:29 we read, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. Now, as I read that one, I thought, what does the but mean? It says, But if from there you seek the Lord your God, you will find him if you seek him with all your heart and with all your soul. And as I read a little bit further into the chapter or before that verse, we see that God's saying, you know, like, when you fall away, Israelites, when you start doing things that you're not supposed to be doing, when maybe you're in another country and you're serving wooden idols, and you have fallen so far from me, I am letting you know, but if from there, at your lowest point, if you seek the Lord your God, you will find him. He's saying no matter where you're at today, no matter how low you might think you are or how far away from God you are, if you seek me, you will find me. If you seek me with your whole heart and with all your soul. In Jeremiah 29, 13, we see a very similar verse. It says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And in Matthew 7, 7 to 8, And many of us know this verse, but we're going to read it. Matthew 7, 7 and 8. It says, Ask, and it will be given you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be opened. You see, God promises us that if we seek him, he will be found. Seeking God makes a big difference in our life. We let God find us. And by letting us, letting God find us, and for us seeking out God, we need to let our hearts get quiet so that we can hear him, so that we're making room for God to speak to us. There's many different ways that maybe each of us have that we use in seeking out God and getting our hearts quiet. For some, maybe it's reading your favorite scripture verse and then just letting it soak for a while and just being quiet and allowing God to to minister that way. Maybe it's going for a walk and being quiet on the walk and just wanting God to minister. There's many different ways. And as we release control and seek God, he wants to do something new, which is the something new. Jesus came so that we could have a relationship with the father he told us he was the way the truth and the life but the only way to access the father is through him Jesus was the beginning of something new he was the new covenant and the promise of God and as I was thinking about these thoughts and concepts I thought "Well, okay God like you're saying okay lose control <laughs> Just give you control. I no longer have control. I'm to seek after you. And you want to do something new. Those things don't necessarily go in that order. Sometimes we might give ourselves and commit ourselves to God. And we get there by having seeking. Sometimes we might give him and then seek more after him. And he continues to do something new. I think it's a cycle or it's a, it's a continual thing. And sometimes it goes back and forth to where we are in our life. And I think it's, we have an opportune time this morning. There's only another day left before the new year rolls in. We have an opportune time this morning to, to kind of reflect and to see where we are and to examine our lives, to say, God, have I taken my hands off of my life to let you have control? Because you don't need me, but you want me. And isn't that just a wonderful message that God wants us? He could have sent his son another way. He could have done anything. He can do whatever he desires to do and pretty much could do it without us. But he wants us. He wants us to have a relationship. He designed us to have a relationship with him, and he wants us. And in wanting us, he wants us to want him. To seek after him and to know him. And not just the once, you know, through maybe accepting Christ into our hearts and say, okay, I'm good. I'm good now just to watch the star in the sky. It's all good, because I'm good. But God's saying, you know what, I want you to step out a little bit more and I want you to seek after me because it's a daily thing. Let me do something for you. And you might not understand what I'm taking and putting you through and those trials that come your way. You may not totally understand them, but trust me, because I'm in control. So Jesus came to make that new for us. So this morning, as we reflect on 2018, we're going to share communion together Because communion is a time of remembrance. It's a remembrance of Christ's work at the cross. Christ's work in our life. And it's remembering us, us remembering, surrendering and submitting our lives to God and recognizing our need for a savior. Communion is also a time of reflection. And I think we've been blessed this morning again to reflect on the past year. To reflect on our experience of seeking God and the journey that we've been on. I'm sure many of you have various answers to this question, but how was your life changed in 2018? What did God do for you in 2018? Maybe you're sitting there and saying, you know, God didn't really do anything for me. I feel, you know, lonely and lost. Well, God's still saying, you have time. I want you. Seek after me and you will find me. Communion is also a time of anticipation. Anticipation of the new work that God will do. We need to anticipate 2019 and in seeking God with our whole heart. Finding him in big and small ways, and being open to what God wants us to do, where he wants us to go, what he wants us to be. God wants us to remember, to reflect, and anticipate, because he has great things for each of us. And as we go to communion I want you to take some time to to just think about that to ask yourself and examine yourself to say, you know, God what do you require of me? What have I been holding on to? Am I willing to say yes when you call? As God calls us and uses us, he wants more than anything for us to shine him to the world around us. He wants us to seek after him and not be content in our seats, but to go out and to search for those who are lost. he says i've called you and you are mine if you're here today and you don't know jesus as your savior it's not too late he says you're my child and i sent my son for you and in a few weeks we'll be celebrating his death on the cross and his resurrection for that gift that god sent But it's easy and simple right now in your seats to even pray the prayer and say, God, you know what? I'm your child, and I want you to be my father. So take my life and use it. Forgive my sins, for I know that I need a savior. You can end 2018 in a tremendous way by becoming a child of God. Maybe you're here today and you know that there are things in your life that just aren't right. And you're not really sure that communion's the place to be or what to do this morning. God says to examine yourself and then confess to him. So take some time today and just sort of reflect to see, is there something in your life that's hindering you in your walk with God? You don't need to be a member of our church to participate in communion. But if you feel for some reason you're unable to participate, just let the plate pass by, and we won't judge or look. This is between you and God. So we're gonna ask, we're gonna pray, and then we're gonna ask Pastor Brad and the worship team. I think they have a song or two, and we'll ask the ushers to come up, and we'll do the emblems, or we'll wait for you to, everyone will receive, and we'll partake together. But let's pray first. Father God, we are thankful That you have blessed us with another year. And Father God, as I reflect on the past year, I I know that there are areas that I may not have completely surrendered to you. And Father God, as I continue to seek you and you continue to show me what I need to do and what I need to surrender to you, I pray that I will be obedient. Father God, I thank you that Christ came and he made all things new. He gave us the way to you. We just have to accept him. Father, I pray that if there are people here who have not accepted you, have not accepted that free gift that you give, that you will just minister to them this morning and speak to them and that they will receive. For those of us father god that have received your gift i pray that we won't be content to just have that gift but that we will continue to seek after you You you've promised that if we seek you with our whole heart we will find you and i believe father god in finding you you will show us what we need to do and let us be obedient to what you've called us to do there are things, Father God, that we need to make right before 2018 closes, I pray, Father, that we will do that. And Father God, we look forward with anticipation of what you have in store for us for 2019. We thank you that you are a great God, that you are in control and that we aren't. And we thank you that you have provided all things for us. And Father, as we go to communion and as we take these emblems, Father, I pray that you will allow us to quiet our hearts. Father, that we will quiet our hearts so that we can hear from you. That as we quiet our hearts, you will speak. And we will be able to say that we heard from you today. So, Father God, I pray that you will just bless this time in your name. Amen.